Hi everybody, welcome back to episode two of Netflix Let's Talk Yoga. And I'm joined today by a really good friend of mine, Emma West, all the way from Melbourne. And in today's podcast, we talk about everything from vulnerability that you experience when you're a teacher, what it's like to be a new teacher, fresh off the training, and also what to expect from the training. I hope you enjoy it and come and give it a listen. Same time. So, uh, hi everybody. Welcome to uh, another episode of uh, Netflix. <laughs> Such a good name. I laugh at every single time I say it. Uh, Netflix. Let's talk yoga. And today I'm joined with by Emma West, a really good friend of mine, um, all the way from Melbourne, actually. So, uh, how is it in how is it in Melbourne? Um, it's pretty cool. We've actually just had the rule relax, so we can have five guests. We can go outside in groups of ten, which mm. is great. But uh, we don't have friends here yet, so that doesn't really <laughs> give me much to play with. But um, do you know what? Yeah, it's awesome. Like Melbourne seems really cool, but I'm looking forward to being able to like really feel the vibe. Like once things start Amazing. to go back. Yeah, I bet it's. Um, I bet it's been a bit of a weird transition for you moving to somewhere during a pandemic, global pandemic. It must be uh, exactly, fairly yeah. different. It's exactly how I manifested it, right? I was like, you know what? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's exactly how you wanted it to be when you arrived, and then everything's shut down. But oh, there's Jack. Hi, Jack. <laughs> let's wave at him. You watching? <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about um, some yoga, and that's why you're here. And I've got quite a lot uh, of things that I, I, I'm in to speak to you about, and I think uh, today's podcast is going to have. Uh, an element of what it's like to be a new teacher. Uh, so, uh, mm-hmm. Emma's been teaching for how long have you been teaching for, Emma? About two and a half years. Yeah. Okay. So, and I'm about the same, just under actually. I've been teaching for about two years. So, um, I thought that we would maybe uh, use this opportunity to have a chat about um, what it's like to be a new teacher, because there's a lot of new teachers at the moment and. They seem to be flying out the door of all the tri- different trainings, <laughs> which is awesome. But I figured that uh, it's probably quite a good idea for us to talk about what comes with being a new teacher and how it's not just uh, it's not always as you imagine it to be. Sometimes it's a little bit harder. Sometimes it's really easy. And I think that would be a, a great place for us to start. But I figured that uh, maybe we should start with your. I used this last week. I said your yoga journey. And I, I just don't really like that phrase. I feel I don't know why. But what was? Uh, can you remember your first class, or can you remember yeah, when? Yeah, I do. Other? Yeah, I actually do, and I actually hated every second of it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Um, what class was it? Was it a vinyasa class or was it a? I'm gonna get shot. Uh, it was Ashtanga. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's but it was. It was um third year at university so I was studying dance performing arts and mm-hmm. they introduced it for kind of physical healing and everything else spiritual emotional um, 
and I just didn't get it like I had such a resistance now, now looking back I'm like oh it was just it was just pure resistance of like I don't I don't want to look inside I don't need to look inside um which quite clearly was I did <laughs> um which was why that that resistance came up um and then actually I had a, a mentor who guided me, she, incredible lady. Um, she was my contemporary teacher at the time, but she took me through this Kundalini 30-day transformation kind of program. It was to get me wow. out of some really heavy grief that had been kind of um, weighing on me. So to help me kind of finish off my degree and get through mm. it, she invited me to take on every single day. I was up at five and it was chanting and everything. Um, just straight, like, straight in at the deep end. Never mind the beginners, uh, beginners six-week course. You just yeah, I was like thirty-day kundalini. <laughs> like chaturanga, what? No, it was like full-on, like sat down, oh sat down, lots of tears and lots of um, yeah, lots of mm. moving, cleaning, and that was my first real like, oh, okay, I'm really curious about what else yoga provides, like past mm. physical asana, like what is this about, like why am I crying in camel and why like how can I breathe and feel emotion like I didn't mm. I was so fascinated by breath and what it could do and how it can move me um that was the start of the journey really mm. I mean that's a yeah that's a fair never mind dipping your toe in at the shallow end you went like head dive straight in kundalini I mean that's a that's a I mean going from uh from not enjoying an ashtanga class to then chanting and and yeah, crying whilst you're in camel. That's that's a that's a big experience. So how old were you at that point? Um, coming at the end of my degree, so like early twenties. Um, oh. Yeah, really. Cool. Yeah, really dived right deep in, and then that's what I mean. I then performed as a dancer and didn't really tap into it for a couple of years after mm. that um, until it, I was like, right, I've, I've got to go and learn more, and then. That's where mm. the 200 hours, like, it had to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an incredible, incredible transformation. And then, so then you carried on dancing for a, a little while. And then, and then what? What? Where did you go with, with dance or with yoga? Where, where, did you, did it split or did it continue on as a kind of parallel or? I think I, I, I made sure I created two different paths. And I did mm. that intentionally because dance was becoming quite um, toxic and painful like both on a physical level and just mm. um, with everything with the the constant auditions and the no's and the non-accepting and the just the, the feeling of I was never good enough like for any job that I wanted so I moved away from London and worked and kind of traveled out to Dubai um, which was an incredible experience and then that allowed me to be closer to Bali, which is where I was kind of dreaming to take that the 200, which mm. then, and as soon as I'd done that, it was just very quick and apparent that I was going to transition, but transition slowly, like from whatever career you're in to slowly feed into teaching. Cause like you say, as a new instructor, like the, it's a, it's a real job. It's not mm. like as mm. much as you come out and you're like, oh, my chakras are aligned. I'm just going to like teach full time. Everything's sweet. It's like, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I think that's a big I think you hit the nail on the head there I think a lot of people when they initially and I probably was the same like coming out of my teacher training I was like just 
you know, like super enthusiastic, ready to just fly myself into as much as I could. And I sort of forgot that it's, it's actually a job. It, you know, like it, as much as it's an amazing thing to do, it's physically demanding and it's also very mentally demanding. Um, so when you, when you started practicing uh, yoga, how did that, did that help with, um, I don't want to say positive and negative experiences from dancing, but how did, how did it change how you, how you experienced that side? Were you more connected to being positive in yoga or was it more connection in terms of, did you feel that, that you changed your view on dance is what my question should be in its simplest form? Yeah, I there. That's a good question. I think for really the main um, thing to come out of the, the delving into a yoga experience, or you call it the awakening, or whatever you want it to be, is that you gather more tools for awareness. So mm. I just became way more aware of um, how th- the actions and the life I was living was affecting the way I felt, or you know how okay why why is it that if I'm not selected for a dance job why am I so hurt and destroyed you know Mm. is it the finance is it the stress or is it actually something a little deeper like a longing to be accepted a longing Mm. to you know um so I just kind of started to be able to separate my thoughts and feelings and and see that okay there's another way I can work through this and I want to come back to moving from love and I want to perform with passion and love and not this kind of like feeling that it was never good enough because then it then I didn't love it anymore and I was like I'm, I chose this career out of you know love and I, now I still have that pattern reappearing with yoga as well mm. you know the love-hate relationship when you choose yes. something that is a is a path that way rather than you know anything else yeah and you know it's with teaching especially at the moment with everything that's going on I'm feeling that there's a there's a big uh, teaching online has been very much a, a like an emphasis on uh, love hate uh, like yesterday I was like fuck me if I have to look at another zoom call and it's me that's on the other end of it and I'm talking to the camera I'm gonna put my fist through the screen but then and then the day before that I was like loving it and I was like this is amazing and like I can still connect with people all over the world and um but yeah I think that that love-hate relationship definitely I've experienced um and that actually leads us nicely into the next part that I wanted to speak to you about which was about um so I know that both of us and because I've been to your classes and they're always incredible and then I come out and I'm like Em I was so good like that was an amazing class and you're always like was it I thought it was pretty crap and that inner inner critic uh, perfectionist that's within you is definitely something that that I've carried into to like I feel that almost after every class I come out of it and I'm like ah oh, that was like I didn't do that right or I, I could have done this better or and I, I have to work so hard to just be like no it was good I am happy with what I thought but I thought we would discuss that a little bit and, and how you feel about that sort of perfectionism and maybe where that stemmed from mm. yeah I can remember like first going into teaching in the first I'd say six to eight months were the as soon as I'd come out it was like right that went wrong 
that was shit that shouldn't have gone like that why did I use that use of language you know like it was just a drama like I just created this big drama around it and then I was like I really need to look into this like this is not a healthy way of, of being and it's not like I'm you know how can we walk in and show up and be um teaching you know self-love and compassion and then be treating ourselves in a different way like it's, it's very easy to you know give out advice but to take your own advice is like yeah it's like you're impossible it's like so so ridiculous so um I, I came to the realization that whatever I share or provide in a, in a given space um to learn how to to leave it in the space and be like take away the, the the judgment like we ask everyone to like good bad happy sad you know even if I felt it was an awesome class someone might be like that was so so horrendous like you did so many half splits and I, I can't stand hamstring stretching and you mm. just ruined that day do you know what I mean? like I realized yeah. like it's not my job to provide a fun or a happy time it my job is just to share what is real and relevant and honest to me in that mm. given moment and as yeah. soon as I do that, it's just a whole weight is lifted, and I can be so much more authentic, so much more real, and and that that feels right to me, and mm. and it, you know, a much more enjoyable experience from my side. That's that's such a good point. You you know, like I think a lot of them, a lot of teachers that I've experienced have tr- tried to be like their students' friends in the class dynamic I mean it's not, there's nothing wrong with being friends outside of the studio but sometimes you, like you're not meant to be their best mate when you're in their class and I think that's been something that's been really important for myself is to think about like okay well do I want to make them feel like I want to make them feel something in every practice um, and sometimes they're going to hate it and sometimes they're going to love it but that's that's not a reflection on me that's a reflection more on their practice themselves and when, when I started thinking about the fact that uh, I don't have to please everyone all the time that actually allowed me to shake off a lot of that kind of like real uh, self-pressure that I put on myself to make every class like this incredible experience for everyone because you've got like 20 well you'll have had more than that in studios before but you know like you've got 20 people in a room and you can't please every single person it's almost impossible um, and I think that's that's a, that's a massive thing for new teachers to keep in their head that just like stick to your why, like stick to why you're doing it. Um, and I I think that's that's such a big piece of advice for uh, new teachers. You know. That used to the the ten minute panic before class would sometimes be I'd write down in the journal like why do I teach yoga or why yoga because I felt like if I'm not in a place to share like how am I going to quickly ground back and remind myself like you say like ask yourself that question and stay on like the why you're doing it and why? really interesting yeah. about the, the the people pleasing thing and that comes from also ties into the trying to be you know perfect all the time or, or mm. needing that perfection to, to be good enough and it's yeah the the quicker we can remove that and just step into being us and vulnerable like mm. the, the better experience for sure yeah the, vun- the vulnerability is, is, a, is a huge thing and that's something that I don't really think we speak about enough as teachers. We talk often about how vulnerable uh, our students are in, in a practice, but we don't talk about necessarily the vulnerability that you're stepping into every time that you literally step into 
uh, the studio. Like you are putting yourself in front of sometimes a lot of people and you're lying yourself down to just be like, think what you like of me. <laughs> Go on, tell me, tell me what you think. And sometimes people are really quick to tell you after the class and uh, what they think, if it was a good or, or not such a good class. And it can hurt, like it hurts. And I mean, I don't know how many, what was your like, because you were, your schedule was mental before when you were in Edinburgh. You were teaching mm-hmm. like psycho classes, flows, yins. Like how many classes was the most that you taught in a week? I think if I covered, it could be anything up to 22. I was kind of scheduled around 16, but like if I flew in and out, um, yeah, that which was absolutely wild. It's mad, yeah. 22 classes. I mean, like if you think about the amount of people that you're seeing in every class, times that by 22, that's a lot of people's opinion on you in a week. Do you know what I mean? Like for you to experience 22 classes with, I don't know, 25 people in each one, I don't want to do the maths on that, but that's a lot of people for you to yeah. like see and be vulnerable for, you know? Which is actually quite funny because like that's why sometimes I enjoyed having back-to-back because it meant I could run away. <laughs> like, thank you, bye. <laughs> okay, thanks, nice to see you. Thanks for coming, see you later, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah, just drop me a DM. Um, no, so like so when I'd feel that, you know, the vulnerability hangover, like, um, is the real thing like once you've just exposed yourself and you feel that kind of um and i think no matter how many years you teach i think this will appear constantly and it's just something that we work through and work with and sometimes when i'm at most vulnerable I've, I've had my most enjoyable classes and that that always teaches me a lot um but then yeah there's the days that i walk in and it's like okay everybody we start child's pose and i'm doing that purely for me like I'm doing that purely yeah. for me to take a hot second and be like, hey, let me just take a yeah. breath for me first because it can be so overwhelming and that's yeah. so real. And, and then just be like, okay, we're all human. Like let's, mm. let's do this, you know? Mm. And I, I think, I think it's, it, it's kind of a leveler. Do you know, like sometimes I think, I think it gets so serious. And I think that's one of the, the things that I love so much about your classes is that you that you keep it like you keep it real like it's not always about like it's not so serious all the time like you you can have a laugh with people and i think that that kind of like brings you down to not to down to their level but i think you meet at a much better place when you i don't want to say that you're like taking the mick but like <laughs> if, if it's you, real if you just a bit re- like a bit more real and i think that's a, but that's also in itself very a vulnerable position to be in um to have the confidence to be to not like put on this performance which is so i so drop into it sometimes i come i really drop into this like uh like angus not the yoga teacher rather than just being like me and i have to really work at like keeping myself as legitimately who i am and I think you always did that. I think, well, whenever I came to your classes, I always felt like it was you that was teaching me, not just like this performance, you know? Um, but no, that's it's such a, such a good, such a good topic to talk about um, because this doesn't get talked about enough. So you just recently um, did another 200 hour. So yeah. I, I, wanted, I wanted to talk to you about that as well because um, 
that's an interesting decision. I don't know many people that have gone back and done a 200 again. <laughs> you know, most again, people have to do a 200, they do a 300. <clears throat> I know. Well, that was my third 200. So like, because I did the two in after the Hatha and then went back to learn more. Um, but it, it, again, it came from me not believing that I had enough of the roots and the foundation down. And because my first experience was so much more transformational in, in a sense that I cried for four weeks straight and don't really remember many of the lectures or what I learned. So like that in itself, I was like, wow, like maybe if I go back now with a teacher's perspective of not mm. only knowing variable anatomy, yin, and yang, like how can I question the training and question the traditions? So for me, it was more just to really hone in on that and give mm. myself time to, to relearn again. But yeah, it, it, and that was it. For me, it's, I'm not so bothered about the, the certificates of it needing to be, you know, Alliance certified, mm. although it was. But um, yeah, rather than following what the mandatory steps were, I just kind of thought, like, this seems right. And I'd had a friend's recommendation and it's, um, they're incredible, the Sacred Fig. So it was in a beautiful location in Bali. I was like, this is just feels right. So. Mm. Yeah, and it was awesome. They were really um, strongly into teaching without demonstrating, which is something incredible for new teachers who are going to do loads of classes per week. You know, if I'd had those honed in skills that I've now learned, you know, would have saved me quite a few kind of injuries or really bad mm. physical fatigue. I think it's excellent to be able to just get off your mat and be able to explain really um, controlled and concise cueing that allows students to experience the pose without you needing to be you know halfway back in a down dog and then your voice not being carried through the whole room or you know it's that typical thing you say a word and then you're flopped over in a forward fold and mm. people on the back row can't hear you it's like mm. I think it's really beautiful to be really get to the position that you can be fully engaged in the room and like really look at what's going on and be there for the students so like hold space vocally but hold space from what you see and what yeah. you can provide through through your voice before anything else i think I it's really really powerful. i think as well a lot a lot of a lot of teachers can feel really safe teaching <clears throat> from their mat you know you know like I, we both i know we both walk around this the studio when we're teaching but i've i've right, become right. so used to uh, teaching on my mat on zoom that I'm worried about when I go back to teaching in the studio that I'm gonna just try to like pull myself back onto my mat all the time. So that's such a yeah. that's such, so good that you learned that just before because that's that hopefully that'll stand you in good stead for when studios do start to reopen and stuff. And um, is there talk of that happening in Australia at the moment? Because obviously I know that their restrictions are slightly less. So the studio is going to be reopening soon. Right? Potentially like four to six weeks, maybe maybe a little longer because you can do 10 outdoor exercise now, which is awesome. Um, but no, no studios yet. So I had the same conversation with myself about, oh my gosh, now I'm like queuing and moving and will I be able to switch back to being able to, but it's all a practice and it's all a, it's always evolving. And, you know, I think it's, yeah, you, we will get back into studio vibes i'm sure it'll be yeah i hope so i really I, I really um that's one thing i am missing and i'm finding it physically challenging as well the amount of like the amount of yoga that i'm doing in a day if i say i teach like three times in a day or something and it's an hour of class 
and I'm basically on my mat for the whole hour almost doing a lot of yoga by the end of the day you're like bloody hell I have done a lot of half splits and my hamstrings are in shreds <laughs> you're like no more no more yoga like, no, I'm done I'm done actually I'm finished I don't want to do any more that, at the minute like I'm so grateful for my partner Jack because he is being an incredible demo while I just speak so I'm being able to cue and um, he's he's kindly demonstrating in the background which is like so helpful so because it's, on the day so it's Jack's it's Jack's hamstrings that are in shreds then you're just torturing the poor boy <laughs> his hamstrings are healed thanks hamstrings to my yoga actually oh well okay, now okay. Okay. It's, it's a big deal in Jack's world he can touch his toes this is coming oh from well I mean that's that's there. really good yeah, yeah. Um, no, and, and and back to uh, back to your last two hundred hours in in Bali. Um, what what was your going back as a as a teacher rather than a first time yoga teacher training? What did you feel that you got out of the experience of going and doing another intensive two hundred? What was the what was the takeaway? Did you feel more connected to it? Did you have um, did you have a quieter time yourself or was it more about group or do you know what I mean like what was the difference I kind of slipped into a natural kind of mentorship mm. like role if you might the I think I was the only one-ish that had, had done a 200 and had taught there was some people with 200s but that hadn't maybe been mm. teaching so I am um, I really enjoyed like nurturing teachers or, or going over sequences or like I found that something I'm really passionate about like mm. really being able to be like okay why why have you made that choice does it feel good in your body or like okay maybe the breath out should happen on this move and just being able to to guide uh, new instructors to feeling a bit more confident in their in their choices and um, mm, that's cool it was a yeah it was a was a really nice kind of role to find myself in but then I had to keep reminding myself like no I'm here for me like what am I here to learn Um, but it was really confronting Uh, the first week we were filmed and we all watched ourselves back it was queuing like a really simple sun cloud but I didn't none of us knew we were like seeing it and we were like oh my gosh and it like it threw me like I just cried for like three nights straight like I look like that from the side (laughs) you know you just like one thing hearing yourself but like seeing yourself in action like oh my god that's Mm. Emma in the wild like that's what I look like teaching I was so confronted it was like yeah really so I had some serious stuff to shift I was like I need to get rid of this like or just look at this and see where this has come from like yeah it can't can't be happening so yeah no it was really still transformational and um yeah full of really amazing new kind of concepts and the modern approach to kind of traditional learnings was was really awesome so Mm. definitely excited to kind of integrate it into new classes hopefully once things reopen Mm. and that's so that's so exciting in itself I think once you get to you get to put all that stuff into like actual teaching in a room and I think that's that's just gonna be so good uh, I'm so I'm so envious of you going to do your teacher training. I saw photos on Instagram and it just looks like a joke for a month. I think that I think that that island has just got such a. I mean, it's like the most stereotypical. I mean, I went to do my 200 hour there and I loved it, but it is like you went to do your 200 hour in Bali. It's like the, it's like you ticking all the boxes to be a teacher teacher. 
but it's such a it's just got such a vibe about the place it's bizarre you really when you land you're like oh this is this is why everyone comes here because it's amazing yeah it's super so special mm. like this one was way up in the north so like i was aware that like now Changu and the areas mm. that are becoming a lot more commercialized they've still got like an incredible buzz about them but I went up to um, some Burkina villas, which was like way north, like a good okay. four-hour drive up. Um, so it was a lot more remote, and we were nice. we were the cabin in. We were like practicing isolation. Like boom, I was ready. I did like four weeks up in this little villa, <laughs> yeah, then come out. Like, oh, speaking of which, now you're also isolated again. Oh, it's no, cool. good. Practice it. Speak, speak to no one for a month, and then straight into isolation. Yeah, good. Yeah, great. Thanks. Um, oh, that's awesome, and I'm so I'm so pleased that you got so much from your from the 200 hour. That's uh, that's really good, and it's definitely something that I would consider doing another 200, just because of because of what you've said. I think like I think automatically in my head I'm like right 300 hour advanced. That's like that's just the next step. But actually, maybe it would be really good to go back to a different school and to do uh, a 200 again to see what you could actually learn from doing a 200 um, rather yeah. than always thinking necessarily about 300. So do you have any more, do you want to do another one? Are you feeling like you're ready for a 300 hour? Or are you are you all yoga out at the moment? Yeah, I'm mixed in, in that because I had to be really honest with myself and the reason as well for repeating a 200 is because I'm not quick to learn um, like technical knowledge on anatomy like now I've done like three courses in anatomy and still are they like glenohumeral we what like it takes me like I have to really take my time to integrate new learnings and 200 hours in the first go is just like boom like more than half just washed right over me or so I thought but then when I went back and went back again I'm like oh, okay now that makes sense and now I understand that pattern of movement because I've finally understood the the shoulder a little bit more or yeah now I kind of understand the hip so this this makes sense why we would cue this and not this mm. it's kind of like all those little learnings start to just tick and and kind of make sense more than it just being this bundle of too much knowledge that I can't digest mm. um I really enjoy short courses like uh, Patrick Beach's inversion 25 hours was insane in October mm. so I'm definitely following um, him and Carling's trainings because I think smaller bursts of um, knowledge and, and workshops even you can take mm. so much from that like I can take so much from that and can really integrate it that way whereas mm. sometimes like the thought of a 300 I'm like yes 100% and then I'm like do I learn best that way like mm. is that the smart choice I'm not I'm not that's I'm not such sure. a good yeah that's such a good point I'm, I'm fairly similar to you I it kind of goes like in one ear and then out the other and it like some of it gets left in the, like, my brain but <laughs> I, I need to really yeah for me to learn stuff I need to like do it do it do it do it do it do it teach it as much as I can keep talking it um so yeah I think I, I learn in, in shorter bursts as well I mean as well you get to hang out with Patrick Beach for 30 hours I mean who what else could you want in your life the man is a literal god <laughs> I know so much ease so much grace it's unbelievable unbelievable I, we, I, was, I watched a video of his the other day and I was like actually laughing at how beautiful he is. I was like, how <laughs> can a man look like him? He's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I, I love people, it. Yeah. People think that 
people think that about you. I mean, I know it's it's tough when you're this good looking, but you just have to get on with it, you know. To just fight them off. Um, That's it. No, I wish that's not the case.、Um, but his hair is also class. Just as a side note, that's、uh, that's where I'm going to grow this hair out to the point where it's like PB's amazing pony. Up in the bun, yeah,、mm. I can see it. It's incredible.、Um, no, that's 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 awesome. That's、uh, that's such a good such a good tip actually to think about going to shorter. Um, how long was it? Did you say Patrick Beaches was twenty five hours? Like twenty five little hours.、Uh, yeah, yeah, like a weekend.、Mm-hmm. But a lot, there's a lot of like I'm quite into learning a bit more about Katona, and there's a lot of seventy five hours and stuff. And I'm thinking that could be pretty cool.、Mm. And then now like this whole like online realm, and it's like come do fifty hours, and I'm like, whoa,、mm. there's just so much now. It's like so overwhelming.、Um, again. I, Another thing for new teachers, I, I find you do one training, so I, I like want to be clear, not to become obsessed that you constantly need the next and the next, because it's、mm. so nice to learn and then take your time to integrate, to to let it kind of digest, and then, yeah, for me, I just I waited until it felt ready. Whereas I know I've been on trainings before and people are already like, right, I'm looking like next week I now fly to Nepal <laughs> and I'm doing 800 hours, and I'm like, yeah.、Whoa. Take a minute. Take a hot sec.、Yeah. Let it like、yeah. go teach. Go teach your family. Go teach. Yeah, I would、you、say I learned more from I learned more from the first year teaching than I did on my two hundred. It's kind of like your driving、yeah. test. I mean, I don't drive, so I can't even. But from what I've been you told, did, yeah,、uh, it's like you know you learn more after you pass your driving test than you did necessarily in your lessons. Um, and it's the same. It's the same with teaching. Like, get out there, teach friends, teach family. If you're not confident teaching the public, because、um, you're going to learn people's bodies so much better that way, and then you can incorporate that into into teaching. And yeah, I think a lot of. But I also think as well with the like you said about people being like, oh, I need to, I need to do more trainings. I think it's a kind of, it's almost like a panic, and they're they feel like if they've got, I've done 800 hours, that they're like. This incredible teacher, whereas actually,、mm, you could have done done a two hundred hour and taught for like five years, and you probably have more experience of people's bodies. So rather than like, but I also think people get kind of like it's almost like a security blanket that they're、mm-hmm. like, oh well, I'm eight hundred hour trained, so I obviously know a lot, and it's like, so well, I'm a guru. Yeah, that's it.、Then. Yeah, like it's like if you yeah if you've got sure if you've got ten grand and you can go and do all those trainings, all yeah. Those, like, It's so cool,、yeah. but like the reality, yeah, you learn, you learn on the job almost,、um, like a hundred percent. Yeah, and it's 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 a very it's a difficult mindset to get yourself around, though, and it takes a lot of confidence to to put yourself out there.、Um, like the when I the the one thing is like just when I first started teaching was to be like know that my classes were going to be shit, just be like <laughs> you know what I just need to teach like eighty shit classes, just bam、yeah. off the bat like go、just、go go like get, get them, them out, out. there. Yeah, definitely. Then all will be fine. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, some, I sometimes look back into my notebook. <clears throat> some of my classes were quite good at the start, but、uh, some of them I'm like, oh my, oh my lord, that was that was bad. Why did I do that? Or why, <clears throat> why did I do this, this, and this? But yeah, you're so right. Like you have to get through that like real sludgy, like can't speak, like you're just all over the place with your words. 
because finding that real flow is 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 so tough. It's tough. It's tough to teach, and uh, it's a very glamorized job. I think it looks like this really, it looks like this really beautiful, uh, holistic, <laughs> easy that you just kind of fly through. But beneath every single yoga teacher, I'm sure <clears throat> there's a lot of stress and there's a, a lot of worrying. There's a lot of uh, vulnerability, perfectionism. There's a lot of that, uh, and I think that the way that you've described that is 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 absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. That was that was that was lovely. Uh, what time are we on? I need to I need to check because I always. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Are you yeah, we've got... <clears throat> I'm teaching. Yeah, I'm teaching half an hour, but that's all right. Nice. Um, I'll just scoot myself straight into that. Uh, so I thought we would finish with um, some questions, some rapid, not rapid fire, but uh, some questions that I've laid out, like actual, boom, like there you go, one word answer for the first one. Maybe not nice. so much a one word answer for the second one. Um, okay. <laughs> what's this? Is such a good question. What's your favorite? Like you can only do this one pose ever. What's your favorite yoga pose? It's got to be a toe squat. Oh, like nice! A kneeling. Oh, a kneeling toe, toe squat. Oh. Yeah, I love it. So nice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's like. That's probably, I would say that's up there with one of my worst. Nice. Well, do you know what? Everyone's different, isn't it? Well, the prime example. Prime example. There you go. There you go. <laughs> How long? How long would you stay in full squat for? I can, I can go quite a while. I could be there a good five minutes. In fact, I'd rather have the toes tucked sometimes because if I'm on the tops of the feet, like my little bony, like knuckly feet, like crawl them into the ground. It's never, it's not cute. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny noise that I just made. That's going to sound funny on the recording. Um, this next one is going to be more than a one-word answer, I imagine. Uh, something that you've learned that that on your trainings maybe, or just in general, that that's absolutely blown your mind. Like it could be something anatomy-based, or it could be something uh, anything. That is a good. That is a good question. Oh my god, there's so much that's blown my mind. You know, like mm. always, like that has just blown my mind. Um, probably the oh. new one is the 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 relationship, like fat biomechanics, like the idea that we're combined in this big webbing of connected tissue, and the effect that has on like mm. everything we do and everything we feel. Like I was like, no, like I just have a bone here and then a bone there and like didn't realize like you literally, your knee bone is connected to your elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good song and dance. Google would be Love so Love a good song and dance. <laughs> you would, yeah, respect. Um, yeah, I'm like that, that, that was pretty mind blowing to look mm. at that. Um, so that was from me, that was that from your yin training? Yeah. Yeah. That was from yin. Yeah. For sure. So. That was one of the things that when I did my yin training it was it was just like these little just like little bombs and I'd be like what like I can't 
I can't believe that. Like, I can't believe I've been saying this and teaching this, and it's not actually necessarily true for everyone. Uh, and that, I think that I agree that these little like these little bombs that sometimes you get in your head, you're like, wow. <laughs> You're like, wow, that was uh, that was incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Asha, good. Um, I thought I would ask you what your this can be a yoga book or any book. Uh, favorite book. <laughs> favorite book. Hmm. And we're going. We're going yoga path. You can, if you want, or you can just go like, like non-yoga path. What books did you read, maybe, or like, what books did you read? Yeah, in your I would say um, a New Earth by good old Eckhart. That mm. But I'm more like a re, like I take it in small doses, and I also listen to him talk about it sometimes. But usually, I like drift off into a sleep. Mm. His meditative voice. His, <laughs> um, his, his books, you. <laughs> like um, Power of Now, mm-hmm. I had to. I couldn't. I could barely read it. It, it took me like it took me months because I, I would read like two pages, and then you know how he's got those little squiggle things in Power of Now, where you have to stop and you have to like think about. Honestly, I would. It would. I would get stopped, and then I would be there for like ten minutes, and I, before I ever knew it, it was like right, it's time to go to sleep, because I, I would be just literally like, oh my, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, the um, the vulnerability book by um, Brené Brown. Oh. That mm. one, I had to read that for my recent training, and that was really incredible. Um, oh, she's uh, she's amazing. She's a babe. She's, she is so good. She's such. She's just got such a good way. I feel because sometimes I feel like um, these kind of books can go a bit like. <clears throat> They kind of lose their realness, just like we were talking about teaching. Sometimes you go into this like different level of, I'm going to say consciousness, and then you you kind of become unrelatable. But I feel like Brene is still like she's just kicking it at the bottom. She's just like, yeah, I'm still relatable. She still has a laugh, and I'm reading one of her books at the moment as well. Is it the vulnerability one that I'm reading? I can't remember. It could be, um, but it's really good. It's really. There's good. another really good one. Um, but more on we're talking like feminine um, period power kind of books they can be really empowering I don't know the the author now but mm. yeah I actually have a little I have a little section at the minute I'm just kind of spinning together some like ebook stuff to kind of like little pockets about like journaling guides or like mm. book recommendations so like Amazing. that is something just to kind of like share out there I think everyone's got the time to be reading as well at the moment and whether that's that you're reading you know fictional books or whether you're reading like I don't want to call them self-help books but maybe like self-knowledge and they've been so pivotal in how I view the world and how I view my life and it's been I think I, I don't think you can get enough book recommendations from someone so that's why I wanted to ask you because I've not well I've read one of the books but the rest of them I'm like Oh yeah, those would be really good books for me to read. So that's why I asked you that. Uh, What about a yoga book? Or did you say that you had to read the Brené Brown one for one of your trainings? Yeah, there was, um, and there's the Heart of Yoga um, Mm. one, but that's really intense, really intense. (laughs) 
Yeah, like I or, had to read that for my first training, and it was on the it was on the like pre-reading list. Do you know what I mean? So like、mm-hmm. I had to read it before I went, and I remember up before I went on my training, getting it and being like, "What is this? It's so hard to read." But it's a good it's a good book, but it it takes it again. It takes a bit of grinding. <laughs> Grind through it. Yeah, at the minute it's、mm. just kind of. I think it's so it's so cool. You can learn like in so many other ways than just reading. Like especially not well audible. Like you can be like read to at night, or、mm. even podcast, like or anything. I'm just like、mm. there's so many different ways of of learning.、Um, I'm still going through manuals from my first ever training. Like oh yeah, that's、wow. good. Like you know, just going back, especially because、yeah. I travelled to Australia from the UK via a training. So I've I've brought all those tools, and I'm kind of flicking back and. Thinking like, okay, m- let me dive into that a little bit deeper.、Mm. And it is about there's such, it's such a broad like yoga is such a broad broad term. And for some of us, we're going to be more interested in one avenue, and others are going to be really into the spiritual. And some are going to be more okay. I want to know about anatomy, and it's about、mm. just like leading yourself down the path that you feel most passionate about, and, and learning learning that so that you can yeah enjoy the process. Yeah, no, you're so right. You're so right. I've I definitely have probably delved more into the mental aspect of how,、uh, as much as anatomy, I love it as well. But it's definitely been more about mentally what we can do. I think that's the kind of books that I really enjoy reading. I just enjoy. I think self knowledge is just such an important tool,、um, and unfortunately, like an emotional intelligence.、Uh, I think yoga can help. Like, yoga is massive in giving you this like understanding of yourself and an and an emotional intelligence in itself. But I feel like we should really be teaching that to kids at school, an emotional intelligence. You know, like how to feel. And I think Brené Brown's a massive one for that.、Um, about like how to like what an emotion is, and that's a completely different topic altogether.、Um, <laughs> next week. Yeah, we'll stop there. That's、uh, next week. And my last question to you. Uh, what is on, or what is beside your bed, on your bedside table? I don't mean Jack. <laughs> <laughs> He wouldn't fit on the table. Oh, that was annoying. Um, no. So bedside table. What have we got? Well, I mean, at the moment we're just in. We're renting a flat. We so happen to find something. We're here short term. I have a small. Uh, crystal that was gifted to me from、um, a friend of mine, Rachel, who's back in Edinburgh. So that's travelled along with me, like a little rose quartz thing.、Mm-hmm. And I have also a—I was given a little kind of gift at the end of my training,、uh, an ornament of an elephant. So that sits、oh, there.、Nice. Um, and that's it because I'm—I'm I'm very like minimalist. I don't have a lot of things. I think I've got under、mm. like thirty-five clothings, and I. I've stripped back on on kind of hoarding. Like I don't have,、uh, and now even now it's like okay, one item in, two items out. Like I'm trying to like really get rid of a minimalist life. I'm 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 heading that way.、Um, so there's not much by the bedside table for that reason,、yeah. and that we're transitioning all the time and being kicked out left, right, and center. So yeah, running from one place to the other. Yeah. Yeah. I just always think that's an interesting question because some people like have these like mega bedside tables. They've got like, well, for me, for example, I'm pretty, I'm fairly mega on mine. I've got a couple of elephants beside my bed as well. My mum gave them to me. These little、uh, ornament elephants. They're really cute. Like I'm a big one and a small one.
uh, and then I've got uh, well I've got rakes of plants I've got like four plants I've got like I don't have a bedside table I've got like bedside drawers and they're huge so it's just more more space for me to put all my crap on and Ashley is always telling me off because it's just loads of stuff on it but plants uh, there's an oil diffuser so I'm fairly I'm fairly extra on my bedside table that's why I, uh, I was interested to know. Uh, Quite the boudoir. Place. It is. It is a bit of a setup. Yeah. The setup. Um, so yeah. Well, we managed to cover quite a lot of topics in that. We spoke a lot about uh, being a teacher, being a new teacher, trainings. We spoke about books. <laughs> I feel like we've. I feel like we've covered a lot. I do. Yeah. I just hope we've not put anyone off. I think, I, I think some people will probably listen to this who are thinking about doing a teacher training and going, oh my God, maybe uh, maybe it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll say it's for everyone. If yeah. you resist it, it's for you even more. There you go. See, <laughs> there you go. that's wise words. That's, how, that's what I put in the advert for this. I'll say like, this is all about being a new teacher and how positive it is. Uh, and I'll say that Emma recommends that you do it. And then they'll come on and they'll listen and then they'll just get this huge like slap in the face of being like, it's impossible, don't teach yoga. It's too hard. <laughs> There's enough of us already. Uh, <laughs> um, I know. So yeah. But um, listen, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and spending an, almost an hour with me. Uh, it's and, been a yeah, it's been awesome to have you. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening. I hope you have uh, a beautiful rest of your day, wherever you are in the world, whether you're in Melbourne or whether you're in Scotland, wherever you are. Uh, Yeah, have a great rest of your day and I'll see you on mm, Friday. I believe I'm doing another Instagram Live on Friday. What I should really be doing is checking when I'm doing them before I come on. But I'm pretty sure it's Friday morning at 11 a.m. But yeah, thank you so much, Emma. Uh, Big love to you and to Jack. Thank you, Angus. We'll see you very soon. Bye, guys. So hopefully you enjoyed our chat and you got something from it. Uh, you should check Emma out on Instagram, Emma West Yoga. She's a fantastic teacher. Uh, I cannot recommend her enough. She has got such a beautiful way of teaching. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks, guys.